Hello, and welcome to St. Louis City Press. Today, I am your host, Nathan Halley. With me from a little bit down the road in St. Louis, Drew. What's up, big time? (laughs) And as usual, our man from Hanoi. How's it going, Chris? Going all right. Good to be here. Uh, Before we get started today, I would like to thank, welcome a couple of new sponsors. Uh, One, Electricity. Not a sponsor. But really happy to have it because about half my family's without it. And also pineapple juice, which turns out is delicious. Eh, Not a sponsor, but I (laughs) I feel you. So we've had a little bit of time to digest the 2-0 win over Colorado. How are we feeling about that game? Chris. Pleased. Pleased as punch, I would say. Pineapple punch. Our new sponsor will appreciate that. Drew. I'm as happy as a lark. (laughs) Could you expound on that? Uh, So I think as we were getting to Nate, I in just before hitting the record button, all we need is three points. And maybe most kind of like the bottom of the premier league, not as much the top, but three points makes a huge difference. LAFC lost their game. Now we are in undisputed first place. Just like Lennox Lewis was the undisputed heavyweight champion of the world once. Uh, You know, it's unimpeachable that we are the best team in the Western conference. You're saying it's unimpeachable by, by to extend the metaphor that Lennox Lewis is the best heavyweight of the late 1990s maybe early 2000s it's like after mike tyson went to jail i think uh, mike tyson had lost his relevance uh after he was roundly defeated by evander not evander of portland evander holyfield so you bring up an interesting an interesting subject at least in in my mind not the boxing stuff mm-hmm. but we haven't played LAFC yet. I believe they're the only Western Conference team we have not played yet, right? Should have done some research. I think that's um, true. That sounds true. So it's like we have this huge buildup, this huge unknown. Ostensibly the best team in the league at the start of the year. I think that has they've proven to be more inconsistent than than people would thought. Not that this is a pregame pod or anything. Um, but we have this... We have this weird thing at the top of the table now where it's us and LAFC and we haven't met yet. And it's going to be it's going to be super exciting when that that comes true. Just imagine how we'll feel when we get six points off. of them. In oh, it's going to feel great. So my thoughts about the uh, Colorado game were at about 15 minutes in. I really thought Drew's prediction was going to come was going to come true. I think I, even, I. I think I even said that to you. As did I, I was rubbing my hands together at the prospect of being entered in a drawing on the city app. <laughs> yeah, you might have been the only one. That might have been a a default win for Mr. Drew. It was a really nice goal by um, by the neck. Felt a little reminiscent of the very first goal that we ever had, although I think this one was a little prettier was directed off his head i think if you look back at the first one it it really is a neck goal 
and then the Stroud goal really set up by just a beautiful run by our our man play it again just insane work rate went after a ball that I think everyone assumed would go off go over the end line worked it in passed it to Stroud who just drove it home none more so than the Colorado right back (laughs) yes yeah I think he wasn't counting on that at all so at that point you're like yes this is going to be a six nothing game and then we had some other good options, but it, it almost seemed like maybe we settled in a little bit. I, I sort of didn't want to admit it at the time to a sister of the pod, Abby, but it sort of seemed like a dialed it back a whole lot. But I'd be curious for other people's thoughts on that, since I'm it's hard for me to say anything bad about him. Well, it's hard to sustain that level of productivity and influence without the team you're playing against reacting to you. I'm not saying I saw a specific change from Denver or even saying that they're capable of making such a change in this current season that they're in. But if, you know, I can't, we have a problem that we need to address when it comes to whatever is happening in the locker room at halftime. (laughs) This is another example of, a night and day or a day and then a night, I suppose. Um, and I don't like it as a, a trend that, I, you know, maybe it's just coincidence. It's like 99% chance that it's just coincidence, but uh, something. But it is three games in a row now, I think pretty clearly a big drop off in the second half. Might be four games at this point. Could be. Yeah, it it wasn't as bad this time, I guess, because we didn't end up losing. So it was it was okay, but definitely had that feeling of coming out in the second half. So where where our seats are, are sort of on towards the end that um, city was shooting at in the second half and usually does. And we were getting really excited, like, all right, we're going to see a lot of action right in front of us. This half did not materialize. Uh, regarding the two goals, both scored or scored in the fourth and 11th minute. I was sitting next to Patrick, not here on the pod. And he had to tell me that neither of them was scored by Sam Adenran. Cause I instantly forgot that, that, that other people were involved in that, those goals. The next goal, uh, not to take anything away, all praise due to the neck. The defending was terrible, and he basically was completely unmarked, which was delightful. Then the second goal, or and before the second goal, Adenarin, I mean, he, I forget what minute it was, sixth or seventh or eighth, and the goal itself had incredible first touches where he just beat men, just sprinted right past them. And on that second goal, he was down on the end line, and it wasn't the right back because that right back was far up the field. That was Gene Roddenberry or whatever his name is, but he beat Connor Ronan, the center back who was basically begging for help when he was, you know, he was, he was passed by our man play him again. Uh, And long may that continue. We regarding the, that first stretch, we should give a hearty 
hats off to Roman Berkey, as we will throughout the game, because there were 30 seconds gone, and he made a very good save. It was a bad touch by Cabral, but basically they could have scored in the first 30 seconds, which would have completely changed the, the order of events. Yeah, it was it was a nerve-wracking start. So two things. One, Adenarin had a cross that someone like should have... Oh, it was it was Nico. He crossed and Nico... Well, first it was Jackson who, who kind of fell down. Yeah, Jackson fell down right. and then Nico kind of booted it. It was straight at the goalie, Yarbrough, who had a pretty good game for Colorado. Second, I watched the telecast or the, the replay, not the replay, just the highlights. And the announcer on Parker's goal said something along the lines of, more than anyone, you don't want to leave him unmarked. Which felt like sort of a nonsense thing to say. I feel like in that situation, you don't want to leave anyone unmarked. And I wouldn't necessarily think Parker would be like the more than anyone else you wouldn't want to leave unmarked. I think that refers to a center back built like a Marine. Yes, with the neck the size of a Sequoia. <laughs> I think that he, the commentator's probably right, and I have no evidence to support this, but like a situational xg would probably prove parker to be one of the most dangerous aerial threats on our team so you're going to pick well, one person to give give them a free header it would not be tim Parker. probably between him and our man played again yeah two weeks in a row we've had some really nice headers off corners i believe that um, jackson who had a nice cross in there said that they had actually been working on that play in practice this week it was a sweet stroke for that. The service was perfect. Out swinging with pace, dipping right into Parker's path there. And it was a nice little glance to the far post. Yeah. Good connection. Speaking of Jackson, I thought he had a super fun game to watch. It was a masterpiece. It was poetry in motion from our man Jackson. He's ever closer to being my default AZ. Currently, he is the second in the in the line of AZs behind the rapper who did the course to Nas's "Life's a Bitch." How much more does he have to do to move into first place? Just one more game. One more game like that. One more game. Mixed performance doesn't matter (laughs) because it feels like he's got to be close. To go back a second and to to sort of bring us to level us out a little bit, uh, I have a hypothetical for you. Who? would be the man to leave unmarked on our team. Oh, that's a good question. What's the bounds in terms of players? It's corner kick. It's corner kick. Those are the bounds. So could, could I say Nelson? He's not on the pitch. It would have to be someone who was okay. on the pitch. So, someone, so the bounds are someone who was on the pitch at that time. Berkey, you can leave him unmarked on a corner. I, I am probably going to go... I think this is going to be controversial, but I'm going to say Gary. Okay. I don't like this question. It, it, it I knew you wouldn't. I knew you wouldn't. <laughs> I assumed it would put you in an uncomfortable position of having to say something slightly negative about one player on the team. About someone I like and someone that I've devoted a lot of my time to liking. I say that only about Gary because I feel like 
he would do one of like he'd be unmarked but a little too far out and just boot it slightly over the the bar. It's gonna happen. It's gonna happen when it does. Boy, boy, oh boy! It, in, a, in actuality, maybe Yarrow, just because I haven't seen like him in that situation, so I don't know what he would do. What's your answer, Chris? Well, the XG from this game and this game alone would say that if you're gonna leave someone open in front of goal, it should be Nico Giochini. <laughs> I had a feeling it might be that. But your your man is trying very hard uh, to be to integrate into whatever structure is. I think he doesn't have the chemistry yet. You can see that him and Adenarin are playing basically two different games. They link up sometimes, but they don't they don't do the running off of each other or the interlinking that uh, we very vaguely remember Nico and Klaus. I think we did. There was some Adenarin off to the left, Jackson coming up the middle, false nining or something, and Nico on the right. And then after the formation changes to three at the back to Mirror, Colorado, there was Alm, who had come off the bench on the right. And uh, and I think it was Adenarin on the left with Nico up the middle. So they tried a couple of different things, not convinced. I'm not sure what, what was the solution, but Adenarin just ran circles around everyone in the first 20 minutes or so i voted for him for player of the game on the city app which he only had 10 percent. there was a lot of berkey love as well there should be only had three saves though but there were three important saves i guess there he, he saved us more points maybe um i i i totally get what you're saying chris about adenarin and, and nico not not gelling yet like in theory it seems like oh nice we can we can get back to those halcyon days of having two strikers almost seems like just a, it's just a dream, like a haze of days gone by. But Adenarin is so fast and Nico is not that it seems like it's hard for them to move up the field together. Or maybe they just need more time together. Um, I don't know. Big, yeah, that's definitely part of it. I totally agree. But I think also you, you got to just, learn what to expect from one another and sure. And they haven't been training together recently very much. You right. know what? We're a few weeks into this uh, revival and it'll take a little more time. So here's a, here's a question that I'm going to pose because it was a debate that I saw on Twitter. And the argument was between someone saying we should have never let a go out on loan versus the reason he's performing the way he is is because he went out on loan and was able to get some minutes and some um, some some time under his belt. What do we think? So if you love someone, set them free. And if they love you, they'll come back to you. All right. I, I, I don't have any. I can't, can't I think, argue with that. I think it's, it is likely to have been a mistake to have loaned him out, but there should be some commendation to getting him back at a time when Nico is playing very well, but clearly can't just be the one only striker on the roster day in, day out. And to kind of admit that, well, I mean, not that they outwardly admitted it, but kind of tacitly that, hey, we do need this guy. 
that it took some, you know, that's a good decision. I mean, so maybe it's a bad decision followed by a good decision. We had a, we had a couple of stinkers. And I think after that, that RSL game, I was feeling like, oh God, we just need to power through and get to the league's cut break. And I, I know I was not the only person thinking that. And then I think the last two games have kind of changed that calculus where now it's like, okay, we have a chance to get to really drive into this break um, doing well. Maybe even make a run in the league's cup. We would hate me for that. Oh, we were, we were fairly down after the Nashville and rail salt Lake losses for good reason. And then we were up very quickly after the San Jose, it doesn't take much. No, no, that's, this is the entirety of my emotional state right now. Just on or off. It's like you're at Bush Gardens, Williamsburg, in terms of emotional. <laughs> I'm going to go with yes, never been there, but, Very but sure. Analogy. Roller coaster. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm tracking. I've been thinking about this. Do you think that, like, Carnell got stuck in a little bit of a rut thinking like, well, these are my guys and I have very little options for rotating and then was finally forced or did they finally start showing something on the practice pitch to cause the larger rotation to happen? I don't know if on the pod or just in the discord, but I think I'm clearly in the the latter camp. I don't think that it was an unwillingness to rotate. I think it's just that these players have turned a corner individually or collectively and that's what we're seeing now i tend to agree because a lot of them were have been playing like city two games and it hasn't been like city two has been burning it up such that you'd be like oh we got to get those guys up but there's like some magic alchemy that's going on where the the combinations of things in the first half let's be clear in the first half carnell's doing the right thing we need to get a press pass so we can we can get the answer to the question of Bradley. What exactly are you saying to the guys in the locker room at halftime? You need to undertake a strategy similar to America online in the 1990s and just burn a bunch of CDs with podcasts on them and, and, and slide them under Bradley Cardell's door and put them in his mailbox. I believe that is also the strategy of rappers with mixtapes in Times Square. And hackers with USB drives in parking lots of government buildings. Absolutely. Guys, do not plug in USB sticks that you find in parking lots. Unless it's like a gigabyte or something, or a terabyte. Sorry, not a gigabyte. What is this, 1991? It's a terabyte. What are you going to do? I mean, just... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, come on. It's your lucky day. You might find like a a mixtape on there, actually, you know. Right. You might find and the entire and maybe the entirety of our podcasts. <laughs> you might, yeah, I was like, you you might find the entire discography of some unknown rapper. So I've been accused, probably rightly, of being too negative on this pod towards the team. I I don't view it necessarily as negativity. I just get sad when they lose. Obviously, love the team. It's it's like pure joy for me, and absolutely love being in the stadium. I, it's really hard for me actually to watch games on TV now because it's just such a better experience from our seats to be able to kind of watch everything. Um, so I, but I, I don't want to be too negative. We won. It probably could have been four nothing to be honest if we had just 
close out a couple of other goals. Maybe four one would have been a a reasonable. I'm still saying six nil, but I see what you mean. <laughs> sure. This is one of the few games in which we've underperformed our expected goals. Wow, that is rare for us. Do you have our possession? No, not accurately. That's fine. I don't have it accurately, but I did watch some replay, and we were in the mid-70s on pass pass accuracy, and we were in the mid-40s on possession. Okay, so that's kind of normal for it, us. You know, it's the way we like it. You know, we don't do a lot of passing among around the back. I mean, there's a little bit of that, but there's also a lot of high-risk forward passing, which we like. As far as I can tell, what St. Louis City likes, they like 45% passing, they like 75% pass completion, and oh baby, they like it raw. Yep, exactly. Didn't get to see a Rabona. It hasn't happened yet since, well, it hasn't happened. Uh, Alm, Alm's been on the pitch, but he is yet to, to bring it out again. I cannot wait. It's as much, it, it's, I'm not sure what will bring me more joy, that or Gary scoring from long range. Probably Gary scoring from long range. Now, we had sort of a, a, a vague prediction that, based on Carnell's comments in the press conference and what we saw in the last, the first Colorado game, uh, that they were going to try to switch fields on us. And while they did cross the ball a fair amount, that didn't work for them. They were not getting into that open space. So I, I want to commend the, def- the defense and the, the coaching staff for really locking into something that had hurt us previously and taking it away. Very effectively. Yeah, I was specifically watching for it, and and like you said, there were there were a fair number of times where Colorado would would switch it and didn't didn't really seem to be throwing us that much. So, good point, Chris. Credit where credit is due. And also um, credit where credit is due. Uh, and by specific request of Mark, longtime listener, friend of the pod, friend of many people here. I'd like to acknowledge Berkey's post shot XG minus the goals allowed. So his plus minus post shot XG, which is a best in the league plus 6.7, which in other words means he's saved us seven goals with that would normally have been scored over the course of this season, which is really the, you know, I'm, I'm, a clear sign that he's one of, if not our best player, one of the best players on our roster and far and away the best goalkeeper in the league. So you're starting from a good point when you have him in the net. And if you look at goal difference, we're about seven goals ahead of where the rest of the top of the league is sitting. So there you go. He's... thanks for putting a number to that, Chris, because I always in- intuitively knew that we were saving points because of that. But um Really, it's nice to to get something to back that up. There were people on Twitter pretty mad that Berkey was under consideration for captain of the All Star team. So, I'm glad you're reading Twitter because I have no intention of ever. Still, some that. haters out there. Um, also, seems yeah. like a really nice guy. Gave his gloves to a kid after the game. Um, made a nice little Instagram post saying that. Jackson was his man of the match, even though he had been voted wow. the man of the match. He photoshopped Jackson's face over his face on the little man of the match thing. So it could be construed as you should probably 
try to play goalkeeper and not your <laughs> okay um i don't think that's how he meant it 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 came across as a very sweet teammate teammate thing so i think we're incredibly lucky to have him and i i get the feeling so you can kind of judge how much players are loved by how much the uh, crowd cheers for them before the game and Berkey and Parker definitely are our top two. I think so. that ge- that gesture probably means a lot. He's a, I'm sure a multimillionaire in his thirties from Switzerland. Who's played in the champions league uh, and in the world cup. Yeah. Uh, did he, I think he made the roster of the world, oh, cup. Did, but didn't actually play. play. Yeah. Okay. That I'm sure that must mean, well, I'm not sure of anything. I think, hope and i assume that must mean a lot to jackson he did play very well and he deserves some commendations um but that's a pretty decorated colleague who's uh who thinks highly of him and i think uh, the reason that he left is because he didn't feel the appreciation he wasn't getting the playing time of course at dortmund you know he had options to go sit on a bench somewhere else but you, you don't develop that sort of relationship that he has now with fans sitting on a bench think that that feeds him and is one of the main reasons why he is here i've actually been thinking about that this week wondering about so we all know that mls is not like one of the top five leagues in the world although watching it i think the entertainment value is is pretty sky high and i really enjoy it and i think there's actually some some good soccer there but i wonder like you know, these guys have come to St. Louis, Missouri, which I love, but isn't necessarily like the hottest spot in the world. But but they are adored here. I mean, they're they're mobbed and and I and appreciated. And and I've been wondering how much that matters to them. Like. You know, professionally, does that in some ways feel better than riding the bench for let's choose Brentford in the Premier League? Like, which do you choose? You probably choose Brentford, I guess, because the money is so much better. But I don't know. Like, Berkey's got it pretty good. According to globalfootballrankings.com, the MLS is currently 16th in terms of SPI. I'm not sure I'd buy that. I don't know what SPI stands for. Who's 15th? Danish Superliga. Mm. Okay, as long as you didn't say the Qatar Stars League. I think there's no saying they're not 14th, Drew. We are, yeah. And let's stop there. We're not going any higher uh, upwards. But let's say that uh, while we may be the 16th best league in the world, we are the deal with Apple is better than probably almost all of the other leagues, except for England, the production (laughs) quality. I also think those like league rankings things can be a little bunk. Right, they're impossible until you you have a world club tournament in which every league plays against each other. And don't give FIFA. Are you listening, Gianni? You heard? Have you heard? Twenty twenty six World Club Championship is in the U.S. Top thirty six team league teams, not leagues, teams in the world are playing. A tournament, and I think MLS gets a couple of spots. Don't give FIFA that idea. The Saudis will be more than happy to make it happen with Gianni Infantino at their side. Hypothetical question: Would you or would you not be 
happy if Gianni Infantino was listening to our podcast on a regular basis. Not. Um, He's the type of person who would use a Singaporean IP address. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure who we're talking about, to be honest, but I'll take any listeners. He's the uh, president of FIFA. You know oh, well, yeah, definitely then. He could get us some sponsorship, some some yep. dirty oil money, and we could all quit our jobs. We'd be sponsored by some. It would be like it would be like it would be like uh, public executions, not a sponsor. <laughs> oh, no, oh, no. So be like, actually, guys, I don't know if you saw, but this week we are on the billboard behind a public execution. Back to the game. The only thing that really disappointed me was we made it to the 89th minute with all positive cheers coming from the crowd. And then in the 89th minute, a Cronky Sucks chant started. Oh, I didn't hear that. I wasn't sure what it was. And I get it, but it feels like it's time to move on. Because and I was saying this in the car on the way home. I don't think we have St. Louis City if the Rams stay. And someone recently posted an article talking about how MLS talks about coming to St. Louis really heated up in the wake of the Rams leaving. And I would every day from here for the rest of my life, take that trade of ditching the NFL and having this beautiful thing that we have now. So it's, I think it's time to move past it. Like I get it, but also come on guys, we don't, we have to stop judging ourselves by things like that and start judging ourselves instead on things like how freaking good our soccer team is. Having lived in both Denver and St. Louis, I would love it if there was some more solidarity just about anything, but especially about this. They suffer having Kroenke as an owner. Granted, the Nuggets won, but it's not... when Whenever they show the trophy to him, it's like... It's not like he was out there doing any of this stuff. All these guy, amazing athletes were. The uh, local cable sports channel was dropped from, uh, or the Nuggets were dropped from Comcast. Not that, who knows? Not that they're such a great corporation because they couldn't come to some agreement. So the people of Denver couldn't watch the team for a while. And that's happened like two years in a row. Everyone hates that guy. I'd, I think uh, probably Arsenal fans hate him too, not a London resident. As far as I understand I it, Josh, this, the younger Kroenke, is now mostly in charge of Arsenal and making most of the decisions there. And he's pretty well regarded by Arsenal oh. fans as far as I know. So. Yeah, I think Stan Kroenke was um, disliked quite a bit over there for a while. And then he sort of backed off and let Josh take over. So. Yeah, and I think they hate him less after this year. So we are in favor of the sons of rich people, the Nepo kids. I'm not saying that. Well, daughters in our case, because Carolyn Kendall is the daughter, a granddaughter of a very rich man who did not (coughs) approve of buying sports teams. And then he died. And now we have a sports team with his money. So we'll take it, I guess. We're all just at the mercy of billionaires. Yep. All right. Any other thoughts about about our 2-0 win over Colorado? I have two little 
odds and ends, but not related to the actual game. So go first if you've got something. I'm I, like it was reassuring more than anything else. I'm glad we got over. You want to be beating the last team in the combined MLS table on a regular basis if you have any aspirations about winning anything at any point. So I'm glad it's over. I'm glad it was a three points. It it had some good points being Sam Adenarin's amazing feat. Uh, and it had some bad points the second half. A couple missed chances by Nico, which I don't really hold against him. Let me be clear. Uh, I think he his work rate and his the demands of of Carnell on him have been uh, especially high in making him morph and accommodate his game uh, to what the team needs over the course of the season. So his flexibility is part of the reason he's here, and I, I'm happy to see his development continue. Drew, what are your what are your two points? Okay, corrections and omissions. It's that time again. And last week or last pod, Chris really pressed us to say who we wanted in the transfer market, and I. I had nothing. I had nothing. And it shortly after the pod, I was embarrassed when I, uh, Patrick reminded me that when we went to the gold cup at city park last week, we saw a Trinidadian left winger, five foot four Kyle Alvare of sporting Kansas city Two. I don't believe he's has a senior appearance, just burn people on the left wing and you and some skill moves and he looked great. I dubbed him the Caribbean Muggsy because of his short stature yet decisive ability in in athletics. I would love to see this guy. Granted, we're just beginning this rivalry with Sporting Kansas City, but I don't think he's actually played a game yet. I want Kyle Alvare. Have you checked on his valuation? We have the money for him. Uh, let me do a quick transfer marked. I was hoping that because he was a youth player, he wouldn't be that expensive, but only double check. Did you have a second point? I have a second point. If you want to wait, I have a point. So if you want to. Okay. I have a second point, but okay. you, you do your point first while I look up this thing. All right. I'd like to give a shout out to the ref from the last game. This guy was amazing. First, he's built like me, which means yep, a dad it. bod. Second, I loved it. Yeah. First half, zero stoppage time. Zero. He just blew the whistle at 45 minutes. Second half, three minutes of stoppage time, which felt like he just did because he couldn't get away with giving having two halves of no stoppage time. This guy had dinner reservations somewhere and was going to get to him. Also, he basically didn't leave the midfield circle. Like, the whole game, he was just hovering right around midfield. He wasn't going to run. He wasn't going to get a get a sweat going on. He also let everyone play. There was nothing egregious. One yellow card against Colorado, none against St. Louis City. I believe our first of the first of the season, and and it was great. We need that guy every game. He is my new hero. Nice to see a portly gentleman on the pitch. All those guys are so jacked nowadays, you know, Ed Hockley is definitely in the rear view mirror. Everyone is basically a bodybuilder who's a ref. I loved it. I loved it. Yeah, it was great. So in our 
tradition of players that we don't like on the other team, you know, whether they're the petty capettis of the world or the little zooperiches or the pouty outes, today or this past game, there was a defender of Colorado, number five. He is a Danish man named Moxo. Andreas Moxo with uh, I don't know what that diacritic is called when it's an O with a with a slash through it, but he was I don't know if you guys caught this I, I don't know if you saw it on the on the Apple TV, Mister Hoff, but there was some shoving shoving players who were already down that I didn't like, so I'm calling him a Waxo Maxo. That's what I got for you. There's no, no place for that in football. No pushing people who are already on the ground. That's not cool. Also, love your continued commitment to calling out those who deserve to be called out in a we poetic have, manner. We have a few, we have a couple enemies. Mostly, I'm looking forward to seeing them again next season. Uh, no one should be roughhousing unless they're Tim Parker the neck. I think we can all agree with that. Well, any any final thoughts here before we before we wrap things up? Did you see how happy the defenders were at the end of the game? Uh, specifically, I saw you know, Parker and Berkey and Yarrow uh, all together with uh, the the outside backs, just really celebrating the clean sheet. I think I think that's must have, must have been what it was. They just they were really happy about this result, more so than I usually see them even when we do win. I, I can only guess that. it was the clean sheet. That's awesome. Yeah, kind of hard to tell from the stand sometimes, but but that makes total sense. And, and that's the kind of thing you love to see. That's a team that, that is happy to be a team. In other back four news, the poster they gave out at City Park once you get past the ticket scanners was of Half Nelson, Johnny. And... I live in an apartment that is basically a bachelor's pad. That's even being generous. And I have a wall where I've been hanging some of these posters and I've made a back four of now completed John Nelson, Kyle Hebert, Tim Parker, and Jake Norinsky at a time when that will almost certainly never be the back four of the team again. If it is, we've got a problem. Four goals, four assists now on the Season for Jared Stroud, who Love was it. having a pretty strong campaign. Definitely. Was he there was there was something I saw that was just listing like the players that that basically no one wanted that we took. And I think he was one that was unprotected. Um Nico was left unprotected for sure. Houston, I think, is paying us to have um Parker. Like, or at least paying part of his salary. Um, wow. It's, it's really amazing what what's going on here with with players that other teams didn't want. And I think, to be fair, probably weren't performing on other teams. And that's that's got to go a long way or give a lot of credit to to what Carnell and the coaching staff are doing and getting the best out of players and putting them in positions where they succeed. And I think as a as what is normally a tradition here, I we got to say Lutz's name in that uh, discussion as well because 
I think that was part of his pitch. You know, look, we want you. We want you. You're the one we're choosing for this project that we are starting. And I think he gave them a lot of faith in themselves and in the project uh, you know, through those initial conversations that they must have had, that he must have had with them. I heard something interesting. Uh, so Alexander Steen, who was a blues player, retired, but won the Stanley Cup for us, is is Swedish. I, I'm not sure how Swedish he is. Like, I don't think he grew up there, but um, has represented Sweden uh, in the for the Swedish national team and, and has ties. I I heard that when they were trying to get Alm to come, they actually had Steen give him a call and tell him how great St. Louis is. So it was a it was an all all hands on deck thing to to get some of these players here. But I think it speaks to what you were saying, Chris, was was, yeah, they we went out of the way to like pull every string we had to let these guys know we wanted them here. I, I just continue to be worried about the club that's going to come along and throw stupid money at Lutz. <sighs> but that's a worry for another day. For now, we're sitting top of the table and you can't do much better than that. So, gentlemen, I guess happy 4th of July. Chris, I'm not sure they do anything to celebrate that in Hanoi. It's already the 4th of July. Yeah. Got big 4th plans over there? Um, Might make a seven-layer dip. There you go. Nice. There you go. Doesn't get any more American than that. All right. Well, we will gather before, presumably, to talk about our next game against Toronto, a team I don't believe should exist, and that's also terrible. So, that should be a good one. But until then, thanks for joining us, guys. Thanks, Nate. Well done. 